93.3 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Thursday. Beautiful day to get in the car and head to Iowa City for an 8 o'clock tip. Hawks Buckeyes tonight. Oof. Welcome to the program as we uh, talk sports with you. Trent Condon, Ken Miller taking you up until 1 o'clock. BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, looks like this. We will start uh, with Kevin Lehman, who was on the call last night at Hilton Coliseum, TCU and Iowa State. We will... Uh, Go back with Kevin and talk about that game last night. Look at the Valley. Well, we'll look at the big four schools where they are at as we come down the stretch here uh, in the final, oh, handful of games in the regular season. Kevin Lehman coming up at 1130. Wade Looking Bill, who I believe is headed to Iowa City tonight uh, for the Ohio State game. At least I think he said that uh, in one of our, his visits with us. Regardless, we're going to talk Ohio State and Iowa coming up here uh, at 12.05. Buckeyes start 2-0 and since then. They've got one win we know who was against uh, and haven't won since that time and off they uh, go to Iowa City tonight take on the Hawkeyes what's the point spread do you know it's up to eight and a half eight now what was it when it opened Ken Palm had it as five I saw the opener was a five and a half maybe a six out there it is up to eight and a half that's a significant bump quickly too huh I saw it early evening last night I want to say maybe five five thirty something in that range Looked again at the end of my coverage last night at 9.30, and it was already up to 8.5. So there was Jeez. heavy movement. You don't see that very often no, in college basketball. you certainly don't, Trent. That's a good point. Uh, and good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good to see you. And we then, both made it. Yeah, it was brutal. But uh, eh, you know what? It's winter driving, right? Well, and it's not like we're coming in at 7 o'clock or That's something true. like that. 8 o'clock That's where... That's the beauty of this time slot. Yes. One of the many right. that we love being 11 to 2 here don't is... Don't say that too loud. It's, it's okay. This it's, is it's the worst right. time slot in radio. Nobody wants this one. Nobody wants this one. Uh, by the way, David Kaplan will be our final guest. Uh, fingers crossed we work out, uh, work it out. We think we have. Uh, Cappy will join us coming up here at 12, uh, 12.30, the latest on the Bears. The Bears... Um, have purchased the ground, which once was Arlington Park Racetrack, which was an absolute palace after the fire that uh, that burned it to the ground. Oh, boy, when was that? Early 70s, late 60s, they rebuilt it, and it was a jewel. It truly was. Uh, but uh, it is now a vacant lot, and it sounds like the Bears... It's not a guarantee that they're going to move there, but they have the land, and all signs seem to be pointing in that direction. Did you see some of the numbers that were being thrown out about? I didn't. What did you see? So this, uh, now, you always have to take these with a grain of salt. We hear about economic impact to an area, right? Trent, can I stop you for just a yeah, second? Yeah. In 19, I guess, 87 and 88, horse racing is going to thrive in Altoona, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> this is going to be... A bonanza, a gold mine. Well, you couldn't draw 200 people right. uh, by the time that it folded up, and but then a casino came and saved us. So take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. indeed. No doubt about it, and that's what you have to remember every single time with these reports that come out because, well, they're from pencil pushers and they're trying to sell <laughs> kind of their angle of thing. This is what, from the Chicago Bears press release, this is what they say this is going to bring in. Possible construction of a stadium anchor development is projected by analysis 
to create more than 48,000 jobs, <laughs> generate $9.4 billion in economic impact for the Chicagoland economy, and provide $3.9 billion in new labor income to workers across the region. Well, I hope they're right. I hope they're close. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds as though, um, well, obviously, the Bears want to do it. I, I did see that there was, I don't know if it was a setback, but the governor over the weekend, um, I can't think of his name. I can't either. Regardless, the governor of Illinois said there's going to be no state money. So, mm-hmm. and, and the pushback on that was, well, not the pushback, the idea was, well, if the, if the McCaskies, who are, you know, how old is she, 100? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the league funds it. Maybe the league takes that stadium. Maybe the league sees an opportunity to build that stadium and to, you know, in the non-football months, bring in an NCAA, and they get the money from that building and everything that goes along with it. So there's lots of people that are coming up with ways to ensure that they do leave Soldier Field and make their way to Arlington Heights. It's going to happen. I think it is, too. I I would put this one at, I don't know, that they continue to play at Soldier Field. They're playing at Soldier Field in 2040. Yeah. At eighty to one, yeah. hundred to one, yeah, two hundred to one. I mean, the odds are incredible. This is going to happen. I think it is too. Twenty thirty, maybe. Now, is there going to be infighting? Is there going to be what kind of money and taxpayer mm-hmm. money? All those things. Absolutely, that's going to be a part of it. That's politics, and that is stadium building in today's day and age. And we can argue about the merits of that, but that is the reality. That's going to happen here. Ultimately, they're going to be playing football in the not too distant future, outside of Chicago proper. In Arlington Heights, is there? Um, help me out with this, with you, with your ownership. Mm-hmm. Other than uh, the missus, who's a hundred, is there family members that are waiting to get their hands on this franchise? So there's a couple of of her sons, the yep. McCaskies, um, that have kind of worked together. There was one that was in the head, and then a second one that has taken over more recently. I'm not sure if that's another one of the brothers, if that's a grandson of Virginia. I'm not sure exactly how that's played out. Because Denver but. had the Bolin family, and they got to be infighting there, and they had yes. to sell the franchise. And you hear that a lot. You right? do, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> just one, 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 one sibling wants to sell it and cash in. It's not worrying about great grandma. Well, she gave you a five thousand dollar check, and, and you right. only got twenty five hundred. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking billions with yeah. a B. Gajillions. <laughs> it really is. When Ugh, you look at unbelievable. Well, we'll get into that with Cappy coming up here um, at. Uh, at twelve thirty, fingers crossed it works this time. We're confident that it will. Um, but again, you just never know. All right, basketball from last night. I want to recap what we saw at the McLeod Center, obviously at Hilton Coliseum, and I think we'll start at Hilton Coliseum with uh, one of the, I guess, anomalies of the box score, which was good to see. Well, you know what? Before we do that, let's get Mark. I don't want to let Mark sit uh, through the basketball Yeah, he wants discussion. to talk a little bit about the yeah. Bears situation. Let, let's do that. We'll get back to Iowa State. We'll get back to their free throw shooting from last night. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Hello, Mark. How are you? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Hey, I don't I don't know the name of the Illinois governor, but I know his number will be 891056. Is that the uh, eighty nine? What? I have no idea what you're talking about. Is that the zip code? Every every Illinois governor goes to prison. So ah! <laughs> yeah, what was the one guy's name that went? They just got oh, pardoned. Yeah, I that think crook. What was his name? Uh, oh, oh God! There's, there's I, yeah, I, I can I can see I can picture him. I think the current guy is Pritzker. By the way, I think it is. Yes, you're right. JB JB Pritzker. Golly, yeah. Who, yeah, and then then their speaker Blagojevich. Madigan is Blagojevich. in trouble. Blagojevich, yeah, and Madison Madigan, the speaker's in trouble, <laughs> and 
Oh, there was someone before Blagojevich. <laughs> George Ryan? Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. Is that who the yeah. freeway's named after, the Ryan Park? Four, four of the no, past ten Dan governors okay. in Illinois have gone to prison. That's, that's not a gig yeah. you want. See, I've heard about Illinois now, politics forever and how and how dirty it is. I had no idea. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> so plus they have no money. Yeah. Um Good Anyways. stuff. Thank you, show, Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. So Rob Gaboyevich, he uh, was He's, convicted yeah, in 2011. Right. George Ryan, convicted in 2006. Going back to Daniel Walker, he was the governor for five years. <laughs> he was pl- pled guilty in 1987. Otto Kerner, he was the governor back in the 60s. He was convicted of 73. That's unbelievable. Acquitted at trial. There's two more that were acquitted at trial. Len Small from the 1920s in 1953 to 1961. William Stratton. <laughs> What a bunch of crooks you know, that, over there. That's a good line by Mark. Is number of, I had no idea what he was talking about. That was good. That was good. It went over the old man's head. Uh, this guy, he, too. <laughs> he explained it. Good. Well done. All right. Uh, um, Hilton Coliseum from mm-hmm. last night. Trent, they made the free throws. Um, and all of the starters that got to the free throw line, that none of them missed. Coons, three for three. Oshun, four for four. Lipsy, two for two. By the way, Lipsy was really good. Yeah, he was. And Holmes, three for three. The only guys that missed free throw were, Jay, or were uh, Caleb Grill, mm-hmm. who came off the bench. I think he was the third guy off the bench, the third clone to enter the game, behind King. And I want to say Robert Jones came in ahead of him. And then Caleb Grill. Um, he didn't make his free throw. He didn't make a shot all night. And, and Watson missed one. But 15 to 17 out of that group? Way to go. So, and a few of those were big. You know, a couple of times there in the final, what, three, four minutes when TCU got it to seven at one point. Another one when they got it to nine. Mm-hmm. And that was the one where Holmes, it was after the steal, I, I believe it was, and, and went up there, hit the two free throws. Just kind of that relaxing moment because you're like, no, they could, yeah. they're not going to blow this one, are well, they? Well, we've seen it before. Right. But they had controlled it for so much after the early start, 15-2, they're rolling. Oh, here comes TCU back. Mm-hmm. Take control again. Really keeping arms. And then... I had that lingering doubt. Yeah, it's, a, it's got across your mind. And We've seen the movie before. And I know Cyclone fans weren't alone. I was yeah. listening to the radio broadcast on my way home last night of John and Eric, and I could hear their voices a little <laughs> tenseness, too. Yeah. I mean, they, they... Oh, no, not this again. Yeah. But they found a way. And it was mm-hmm. Holmes hitting a couple of big mm-hmm. free throws, the clutch variety that they had there. So you mentioned Caleb Grill. I mean, we got to talk about this, right? Yeah. The benching. Yep, and he was. He was benched. Yep. And I know TJ said after the game, well, his back's been acting up. Mm. Convenient excuse. That's yeah. TJ taking one first player. Oh, absolutely. And good for him. Yes. And, and, and it's no surprise that he would. Um, the emotion out of TJ Otzelberger, he's chest bumping guys. I think it was Holmes uh, at one point as they went to timeout. You know, and that's one of the criticisms I've seen most from Iowa State fans is get after the refs a little bit more. Yep. Get Yep. Be a little bit more animated. Yes. Be engaged on the sideline. I've seen plenty of that, mm-hmm. more than I anticipated. I like more of a stoic nature myself. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Tom Izzo's of the world. I don't like the guys. By the that way, are... he did an incredible speech yes, last night. I don't like him on the sidelines right. as a person. No, I get it. Different yep. conversation. Yep. Those antics on the sideline. Oh, that was that was me. moving. I I listened to that. There's times a Fran McCaffrey becomes bothersome yep. of what he does over there. I completely get mm-hmm. that. I like that from TJ, but I, th- I think there is some merit to what I've heard from a lot of the fan base is just that. It's fine to be stoic. It's fine to have that that stiff upper, upper lip, if you will. But every once in a while, you got to let loose. you got to show that yep. emotion. It can't just be stoic the whole time. And we saw that out of TJ. And it wasn't about braiding officials. No, no. It, it was just... Celebrating with his yeah. guys last night. And, and that was a good thing to yep. see. And 
I would like to see Yachts maybe work the officials a little bit more. Sure. It's the reality, unfortunately. I hate it. Look, watch an NBA game, and we'll, we'll get to that in April. <laughs> but watch an NBA game and watch those sidelines in comparison to what you see watching mm-hmm. a college game. It is a, it's a completely different Night game. Day. Yep. It, it's not even close. I would love to see it get back to that level. Enough. One word, done. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Mm-hmm. And NBA officials, they have that power to do that. College coaching, it's about the college coaches. In the one-and-done era, yeah. what we see in college basketball. Fair point. What the faces are, it's not about LeBron. Nope. It's not about Kyrie. It's about Tom Izzo and Calipari. That's who we talk about when we're talking about mm-hmm. these teams and these programs. And because of that, boy, they got a lot more power than those coaches do in the NBA. Yeah, they really do. Um, it, it, it's an interesting point, and I think it's a fair point. Uh, Jazz Koontz had a phenomenal oh, game last great. night. He couldn't miss what well, he did. He missed three of his, uh, of his eight three-pointers, but hit some huge ones in the basketball game. Uh, good to see as he took a grill start, uh, spot in the starting lineup. So this continues? Kuntz With Grill coming line? off the yeah. bench? Yeah, I think you have to, right? I mean, how can you take him out after he... I mean, he by far led the team in scoring. He was terrific last night. Yeah. Really good. Lipseed, you keep forgetting... I think there's only been one time. Was it the Texas, it was the Texas Tech game where he looked like a freshman? Mm-hmm. Once. Right. <laughs> Once. How many games have they played? 20-something? 20 25? Um, he looked like a freshman. One game. And he was not supposed to be the starter this no, year. No, Well, wasn't. first of all... We anticipated there's being a guy that's getting his mail in Austin right now. Yeah, that was right. the point guard. Right. But then they go out and get Jeremiah Williams, Williams from Temple. Yep, yep. He was going to be the guy. He tears his ACL. So, I mean, there's kind of two dominoes that had to fall to get to this mm-hmm. point. And he is just so smooth, so in control. Are there mer- are the things that he has to work on? Absolutely. He's got to become a Shooting better shooter. For, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the hugest component to what he ultimately can be. But his strength... I mean, just how strong he is His with the ball. Speed. He can get sideline to sideline as a defender. We know he's a plus defender there. I mean, all these different components. And he's ready made. He's, he's not a guy that's going to leave after a sophomore year either. At, I hope not. At, at minimum, he's a three-year player, probably a four-year player. And those are the kind of guys, those are the building blocks mm-hmm. that you definitely need to have sustainability. And Hotzelberger's got it running again. Get To bounce back after that Oklahoma State game, too. First loss inside of Hilton. Right. Get called out a little bit by Ots after the game? Absolutely did. Talking about yep. mental toughness yep. and those kind of things. Those those are things that kind of hit home. Mm-hmm. And I got to think that Monday, Tuesday of this past, mm-hmm. or this past Monday, Tuesday, um, I don't know if they, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think this deep in the year you can just leave the basketballs on the sideline and just run them, mm-hmm. you know, disciplinary, like a bag skate, as they call it in hockey, where the pucks stay in the bag and you're out there for an hour doing lines and it's awful. I think it's too late in the season to do that. Um, but I got to believe that he lit them up a little bit in the last couple of days because yeah. they responded in a big way last night. And that's pushing the right buttons. Yep. That's coaching right there. And that's a thing that TJ Otzenberger absolutely has culture. Developing teams, he is excellent at that part of his job and being able to mold a team out of thin air, back-to-back years. And at minimum, back-to-back NCAA tournament Mm -hmm. bids. And Mm -hmm. then you kind of look at the future of this program with two top 10 recruiting classes already coming up in 23 and 24. What they're able to do in the transfer portal year after year after year. And it looks as though he's found a key and he wants veteran help. Mm-hmm. Bringing in guys like Holmes, like Oshuni, even though they're only here for one year. I mean, you're seeing college basketball. It's the teams that have veteran rosters that are making an impact uh, that can that can get to the uh, to the second weekend of the tournament. And we certainly saw that last night up in Cedar Falls. Oh man, did we ever well segue, Trent? Cotton, <laughs> hey, top hey. of your game here today. Yeah, let's get to that game. You know where I want to start? Though I want to start with a Panther, Cole Henry. Mm-hmm. Tell me about him. 
He was really good last night, aggressively going to the hoop. Uh, I don't remember seeing too much of him in the Panther games I've seen this year. Another young guy on the roster, Mm -hmm. a sophomore, but help me out with him. Well, he has battled injuries, but he's an OSCE kid. So he played on those teams at Oskaloosa with Xavier Foster. And I called a ton of those games. Was he like the Robin to Foster's Batman? Was he like the. They had a really good guard also on that team that kind of controlled things. And then, well. In class 3A, when he got a 6'11 right. and a 6'9 yeah. guy, yeah. it's completely different. So both Foster and Cole Henry in high school, they both could shoot it. So it's not where he had two kind of clotting guys, you know, mm-hmm. both trying to play on the block. And you now both those guys could step out and hit jumpers. I thought Cole Henry, he waited for you and I offer for a long time. Both oh, his parents really? had went to you and I. Okay. He had a ton of mid-major offers, too, and some really, really good ones, some high-end mid-major offers. And Why I think, was Jake reluctant to offer, I wonder? I don't know what it was. Well, he was... Piskitty. I mean, oh, was he? He was six ninety. Had to weigh one hundred seventy pounds. Oh, I mean, he was as rail thin as you could possibly yeah. imagine. He got a little bit bigger, but I think that was a big thing. Does he have the body type that can put on weight? Because mm-hmm. even if you gain twenty, you can't play center at one hundred ninety pounds in the MVC. He's listed at two thirty five now. He's a lot bigger, yeah. and he got bigger going into his senior season. He was probably well over two hundred at that point. He's got bigger at you and I. I know he's battled some injuries, but I just always loved his game. He was so good at that top of the key jumper, you know, that three pointer mm-hmm. right at the top of the key. He was always good at that. Could finish inside, but and, he was going to the basket. He was aggressive last night, and he was good off the bounce. I. I said at the time, I liked his game for where they were going at the time. I liked him better going to UNI than I did Xavier Foster going mm. to Iowa State. I just thought that Cole Henry was a perfect fit for him. He's been banged up, but if they can get him right, they need help inside. We see that. Mm-hmm. You got Titan Anderson playing center. Right. And Titan Anderson who leaves, was, who was good last night. And down he leaves the, the MVC in double doubles. Does and, he really? Yeah. It's just Jeez. crazy to think of the 6'5 guy basically. Trent, he made center. a shot last night. He cut it to three. And yes. then Roman Penn. Uh, did Roman Penn things and back to five and then was never in jeopardy after that. Two minutes left, two and a half. And Pat, call me crazy. If Drake runs the table and Roman Penn continues on this path, should he be player of the year in the conference? Wow. I know Tucker DeVries is going to lead the team in scoring. Yeah. But Roman Penn, most valuable player, not best player, right. not best NBA prospect, most valuable player. Most, wow. It's a Larry really Bird Award. Roman Penn. When he's going like he's mm-hmm. going right now. We've mm-hmm. seen this in past. This wouldn't be a lifetime great. achievement award if they no. gave it to him either. No, not at all. This guy has grinded. He yeah. has battled so many injuries. Trent, that's a good one. If I had a vote, and maybe we should. I mean, we watch a lot of NBC basketball. I mean, can't you give one to the Miller and Condon show at minimum and we can Heisman work together? Vote. I want a Heisman vote. Do you? As much college football I as I I watch more than any of the voters in this state for crying out <laughs> yes, loud. you do. I do. You do. <laughs> Let's work on that. Let's see what we can do and make that happen. I, I would love to have that. I was able to uh, be a wooden word. Uh, uh, what would you call it? What am I? Voter. A voter, yes. Yeah. I guess that's all it is. A voter uh, for that. And I loved it. I mean, because it really makes you think, too. You don't yeah. want to go the home route. Right. You don't want to do that. It's just it's something cool. I And that's why another reason I should have them, because I don't have a homer route. No, absolutely, yes. There's Winnipeg's no, not involved. There's no Canadian teams here. No. There's no University of Winnipeg that's involved. We no. don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about the Blue Bombers. By the way, that's football. where I went for four days, you know. Oh, you did? Yes, University of Winnipeg. You're, what is it, alumnus when you don't... What's the? I don't even know if the check cleared by the oh. time I decided, you know what, this isn't for me, I'm going yeah. to the track. It's a pretty good one, though. It was a good idea. Yeah, that worked out well it for did. you. University of Winnipeg. Yeah, that's well, a I was thing. a Westman. Hey, quickly aside. Yeah. The uh, the Iowa Wild. We're yeah, up in Winnipeg. Yeah. You saw that? You saw yeah, Gisselin went to the Kraken 
Jets game the night before. Oh, the I didn't wild see play. that. I did. Did yeah. he go there? Yeah, Good I saw his him. picture up on Twitter. Nice. I thought uh, next time we have him on, I'll have to make sure to remind you to yeah, ask him about a couple of days in Winnipeg. The Iowa Wild were there, there over the weekend. I Is think. that what it was? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Really... What a beautiful place to be in February. <laughs> Good God. What was the weather like, you think? Oh, awful. Just brutal. Yeah, it's the same from October through the snow that falls in October's on the bottom of the pile when April rolls around. And there's a whole bunch more on top of it. Oh, unbelievable. But yeah, uh, back to the game last night in the MVC. I, I think Roman Penn. That's a good one. He's I like trending it. that direction. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, another guy that comes off the bench, this Enright, they got something here. Mm-hmm. They got yes. something here in Enright. They're not going to have a lot of guys left. In fact, it might be his team. If indeed, I mean, DeVries obviously got a bunch more eligibility left, mm-hmm. but and we hope that he uses that eligibility in a Bulldog uniform. But man, oh man, the whispers, they just keep getting louder. Father and son. I hope it's wrong. Got to see a little bit more Calhoun. Didn't score. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's still important. Mm-hmm. I still feel like... How many minutes did he play? 10, 12, 14? 12, I think yeah. it was, yeah. There's maybe a game in St. Louis that they need him. They, that athleticism, the shooting ability that he has. I don't know what it is. And I know he's also had injuries, but it feels like there's more to the story than mm-hmm. just that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Is it... He's a knucklehead? Is it... <laughs> this is third school now. You know, is there something else that is happening there? I don't know. This is all speculation. There is absolutely nothing backing this up. But he's got talent, and we absolutely know that. You don't go to Florida State without talent. Right. And Leonard Hamilton, he doesn't recruit stiffs. No, There's something there, and I just keep— St. Louis would be a perfect opportunity for him to show us, right? You know, that that semifinal game, and they're down Mm 53-45, and he comes in and hit a couple of threes. It feels like that moment is still there. So just keep pushing those buttons if he can keep— Get in there, do what is asked of him, and it, if that's what it is, because I just think he's an important cog. And maybe yeah. it's winning a game in the tournament, something like that, mm-hmm. because I think that that guy, he can be a difference maker for you, but I'm, there's two sides to every story, too. So, right? so the one seed is 12 o'clock Friday, mm-hmm. 2.30 Saturday, and then is the final 1 o'clock on Sunday, I think, on CBS. Something, something like, like that. Yeah, I don't know. Does it does it change with the additional with the uh, expansion of the league? Well, let's see here. I got the schedule in front of me coming up Thursday, March second. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. Ready or not, here we are. Uh, it, it will be at noon the eight nine game, then followed by the five twelve. That'll be at two thirty. Six o'clock for the seven ten, and the six eleven matchup will be at eight. So that used to be the exact times of Friday, right? So now. Your quarterfinals, it will remain the same. The number one seed then plays at noon. Mm-hmm. But remember it was that quick turnaround, the 8-9 game right. would be yep. at, in the evening. Well, now that game's to be played at noon. So those teams will have a little bit more little rest bit, going yep. into it. Uh, then the four seed will play at 2.30, the two seed, and then, as always, the number three seed gets that late mm-hmm. game. Oh, there's so many fun times in St. Louis, those <laughs> late games. and Get a little liquored up in between, yeah, and then I'm usually make your way at a back. bar watching that one when when, uh, when the Panthers or the Bulldogs were uh, playing early. Semifinals then on Saturday, March fourth, uh, two thirty and five o'clock. Oh, for so them. late one on uh, that CBS Sports Network has it in the final. You're right, one o'clock on CBS on Sunday, March fifth, as one of the first teams to punch their ticket into the field. Love it, love that, that tournament. One. It's the unofficial beginning of March Madness in, in my book. And if you're a basketball fan and you've never been, and you've got that weekend, you're looking for something to do. What's St. Louis? Five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Depends if you catch the light. And what's the town? Hux, Huxtable? Hannibal. Hannibal. God, I hate that place. <laughs> it's a good place to stop. 
Well, you have to because it's you got to stop for a little grub yes, and, and, and some uh, fuel. Yep. And um, it's just I don't know what it's. It's better going through time. there now. Is it? Yes. Last few times I've been through, it's better. Well, when did, I, when did we come through? Cindy and I, well, we drove the Liberty Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're coming back from Iowa State, Memphis. When was that? Uh, we were on, in the penalty box up the dial. 17? 17, yeah. 18? But, uh, yeah, we experienced the uh, the Hannibal clubbing. <laughs> Anyways, it's 11.25, and that means it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. You can head to KXNO.com. This is the final couple of days of this contest for now. I'm assuming it will uh, reemerge at some point, but this is it for now, and there's been a whole bunch of winners uh, in this building over this last week. WHO, the bust. HO had two or three of them this week. KXNO still blank, though. Let's see if we can change it. KXNO.com. Uh, the pop-up box will appear. Once it does, enter the keyword grand. Your chance to win a grand. Grand at KXNO.com. Kevin Lehman, he was on the call at Hilton last night. We'll talk about the big four with Kevin, but start with the, the game he had. TCU and Iowa State. Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday where the snow continues to fall. When's it supposed to stop? I think I saw 3 o'clock. Good God. I'm not one of those weather guys, though. Is that going to happen more and more as I get older? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things do as you get older. (laughs) (laughs) I got that to look forward to. You do. You do. So, 8 o'clock tip at Iowa you know what, it's going yeah. to be a tough night to draw people to that, especially from central Iowa, right? It doesn't feel like Iowa City gets two of these every winter. It's unbelievable. Two. It really and truly is. Miller and Condon, underway on a Thursday. Des Moines. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sports Station 106. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Time for our what is now a weekly visit with our friend Kevin Lehman, Washer Systems of Central Iowa sponsors. Uh, and Kevin joins the program. He's on the call last night for Iowa State TCU. Uh, gave up the Drake U and I game. Ebenecker picked up that, that held that role, did that job uh, as you would imagine, as professionally and as well as he, as uh, one would expect out of our buddy Adam. Uh, right now, Kevin joins the program. Kevin, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Kevin Lehman? Uh, my pleasure, guys. Uh, I got home and I beat the storm back to Iowa City, so that's a good thing. Well done. I was wondering, yeah, Emmenecker coming back from the cloud, you having to head over last night. Um, but was it even, I mean, I went to bed after the games. When did, uh, when did it start snowing, Kev? Did you, uh, uh, did you run into it headed back east? Well, I came on, I came on 30 because I live in North Liberty, so right when I turned south uh, from Cedar Rapids, uh, that was probably about 2 a.m., I started getting some flakes. This morning, we got dumped on here in Iowa City. There's at least six inches on top of my car. I was just out there trying to unload it, so my feet are soaked right now. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Kevin, uh, let's let's talk about the game you had last night. And Iowa State, uh, i got to think that TJ 
was none too happy with his team after the Oklahoma State, just the way it ended, right? They were so out of sorts that seemed to, they seemed to crack in some ways for the first time, um, which is not like a, a normal TJ Otzelberger team, right? Koontz was inserted into the lineup. Let's start there. I don't know how you take him out after he goes and did what he did. Would you anticipate that once we get to this weekend, the Jazz Koontz is again starting uh, for Iowa State? No question. And here's why, Ken, because he gives him more length at six foot eight. It, it moves Jaron Holmes to a more natural position at the defensive end and the offensive end, and it gives them more size up front for their defense. And he's coming out there when he hit four threes in the first half, just changed the game. Uh, and to your point about being out of sorts, uh, the thing you love about T.J. Otzelberger, they own it. He goes, hey, at West Virginia, we did foul too much, so we had to clean that up. Frustration, Oklahoma State, that was addressed. I thought that this is a must-win game for them last night against a TCU team that was a little bit hampered because they didn't have Mike Miller with them yep. or Mike Miles, Miles with them, yep. the uh, MVP. But uh, you know, they, got, they took care of business, and they controlled that game basically from start to finish. Take us behind the curtain a little bit because there were a, there was a report from a Fort Worth newspaper that he was back practicing and looked great. I think it was Monday maybe in practice. Full that, practice, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, what we heard, and he looked excellent out there. Felt like certainly he was trending towards playing. When did you find out that Mike Miles was not going to be a part of the lineup for TCU? That's a great question because we're sitting there at shoot around. Of course, TJ has that 8.30 a.m., which makes it a long day for <laughs> yeah. anybody involved in the broadcast business. <laughs> Uh, so we're sitting there at 1230. Here comes TCU. We asked the SID, hey, is, is Miles going to play tonight? He goes, nope. Mm. We asked Jamie Fisher, nope. Mm. No. They, I know what they said. We don't know. And Fisher says, we don't know. They literally didn't know. And then Miles walks up the table and says hi to Rich Hallenberg and I. And, and Rich says, hey, we're going to see you tonight. And he goes, no, I'm not going to go till Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and I can tell the look of the sports information director that he didn't know that was coming, and Jamie Fisher didn't know it was coming. Dixon, so, you mean? Jamie Dixon, led, yeah, yeah. Dixon, I'm sorry, Dixon, yeah. Jamie Dixon. Uh, so this brought us to the, the discussion that the trainer at TCU has probably got the least involvement in whether he's going to play or not because mm-hmm. everyone's got handlers now because we've got name, image, uh, likes. We've yeah. got all these things going on. And so we're kind of thinking, geez, what is going on behind the scenes here uh, in this situation because we could tell that – his talk to us, was we were the first to know that he wasn't going to play that day. And he actually went to his Twitter account and tweeted it out from his own Twitter account mm-hmm. that despite what you've heard, I'm not playing, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I won't rush until I'm ready. And, and uh, I think you said it on the broadcast last night, Kevin, that he's going to play um, uh, this, this coming weekend. Well, you know, another guy that was kind of iffy as well was Lampkin. Man, you, you had a front row seat for it. Watching him on TV, he seemed to be laboring at times, Kevin. I'm sure that's what uh, your impression of was watching the big fella. Yeah, I didn't get much done. And the other guy they took out of the game, too, is uh, uh, Emmanuel Miller, who's really a good player. And he just was not a factor in that first half. I, I give that credit to what Iowa State did on the defensive game plan, because this is a TCU team that really struggles to make threes. So Iowa State really compacted their defense, uh, kind of dared them to shoot the three. They didn't. They hit, they hit five of them, but uh, that just wasn't enough. And again, TJ Osselberg is what I love about him is I'm able to sit through those film sessions at eight thirty, 
and you tell them they tell you exactly what they're going to do in their game plan, and they go out and do it. It's just uh, you know he's like the CEO, and uh, they just fall in line. It's really amazing to watch them execute a game plan that's been prepared for the team. The Caleb Grill situation, after what happened against Oklahoma State, there was some John as he was making his way back to the bench, the missed free throws and being relegated to the bench. I know TJ has said it had something to do with the back injury that he's been dealing with now for weeks, and I'm sure that absolutely could be a part of it, but you'd think being the starting lineup and keeping that back loose would be a little bit better than sitting on the bench and being the third guy off the bench. What did you read into it and, and maybe a conversation that you had with Caleb Grill being designated to the bench? Well, when I talked to Eric Heft and John Walters about it, they said, you know, one of the, the attributes of Caleb Grill is he's an emotional player. He plays with emotion. That's what's made him a Division One Big 12 player because this guy got recruited by TJ at South Dakota State, you know, goes to Iowa State, goes to UNLV, and back again. And you don't want to take that away from him. That emotion is what makes him good. So that's a fine line as a coach that you play is, uh, you, you want to, you, you've got to curtail it because you don't want what happened at the end of Oklahoma State game to happen again where he gets chippy with a player, gets the technical. But also, that's what makes him good. Uh, but I think it was just the fact that Coons gave him more length. This is what we got from T.J. Otzelberger in our, in our pre-practice talk. Uh, the length defensively is what they were looking for. I think him hitting all those threes was just icing on the cake. They didn't expect that. No. Uh, what about Trey King? What uh, What were your impressions on Trey King? He was certainly active in the first half uh, of the basketball game. Um, he's kind of he's streaky, right? Like, as a lot of players are. Does he? Do they need to find? I'm not. I don't know where they would find them, but should they be looking to maybe get a couple more minutes out of Trey King on uh, any given uh, night? Okay. Ken, that's a great question because we were talking, Rich Allenberg and I, about can this team make a run? How deep can it go in the NCAA tournament? So guys like Trey King have to step up and be consistent uh, if they're going to be a second weekend Sweet 16 team, which I think this Iowa State team can be with the right draws. Because, you know, you look at this is definitely a team where the uh, toll is greater than some of the parts. They, they really maximize what they have for talent. And TJ will tell you that. They're not going to have anybody on the first team all Big 12 team. Nobody is going to make it. Lipsy's going to be, uh, you know, all freshmen. Uh, so they're trying to maximize what they're at. But they need guys like Trey King. Robert Jones gives them what he can give them, a great effort. And we saw a little bit of Watson in there, too. But to your point, you began this conversation with, Caleb Grill's got to be a factor for them. I think him come off the bench, he can accept that role and come in and be that spark plug, hit threes, will really help this team going forward. Because now, with Koontz, they have more depth. That was one of the things they were short of with his injury. Talk with Kevin Lehman, brought to you by Washer Systems of Iowa. Kevin, uh, let's jump to a conference that you see a ton, the Missouri Valley. Last night, one of the few times not on the call for you and I at home as they took on the Drake Bulldogs. Not sure if you've had a chance to go back and watch it yet, but this Drake team, they just keep finding ways. You and I gave them one heck of a shot, yet they had a response every single time. And I told Ken earlier, if it continues this path and Roman Penn keeps playing this way, he's my MVC Player of the Year. What do you think of that? Trent, I am with you 100%. Yeah, here we go. Tuesday on, we had, I had an argument Tuesday. On, we had a conference call because I've, I've got the game Saturday. Uh, uh, and we were talking about we do that Larry Bird watch. And I, and we, we pick a player that's not in the game. And I said, it's Roman Penn. It's got to be Roman Penn. And uh, our argument was, no, it's got to be Tucker DeVries. I said, Penn, since yeah. Tucker DeVries hurt his elbow, 
has taken his game to a new level. Mm-hmm. I'm with you 100%, Trent. This guy, he is definitely in the conversation. It's hard to go against Tucker DeVries because they put, as Marty Richter, the assistant, told me, Captain America superstar in that elbow <laughs> after the infection, and he's been on fire. But Penn is the guy that makes this thing run. Look at his numbers. I mean, he's become aggressive scorer, assist man. It's like he's got that senior urgency has finally yep. kicked in. And I think he's finally 100% healthy because he's playing with screws and possibly a, a plate in his foot. But it seems like he is back to where he was two years ago when he's ready to be an MVP player also. Yeah, I think that there's the momentum is building around uh, Roman Penn in that name. That's a good one uh, Trent brought up uh, earlier. Uh, I, I was asked to remind you it's three Jay Wilkins, who hits a number of threes again <laughs> uh, last night in that basketball game. You know who's impressed me coming off the bench for, for Drake? Enright. Um, 21 minutes, double digits. He had 14 last night, made a ton of shots last night. I like this Enright off the bench here, Kevin. I mean, look, with all the guys, all the... Uh, uh, the older players on that team whose eligibility is about to be exhausted. Uh, and Enright's going to have a significant role last year, and he's certainly taking this one to heart. If you look at his stats of the season, they don't wow you, Ken, but when he's, he hits big, big shots at big moments. When they went to Belmont without Tucker DeVries, he was huge in that game. And Darren DeVries will tell you, when he puts him in the lineup with Roman Penn, they play at a much faster pace, which they do. So this is like... This is their energized guy. This is their energizer bunny. When he comes off the bench, the pace picks up, and this is a Drake team that wants to play at a high pace. And even Darren DeVries will tell you, you know, without Tremel Murphy or uh, yeah, Tremel Murphy and Hensel, they don't have that athleticism they had last year. But Enright gives them some of that pace of play that they played with a year ago, and we're starting to see more of that here lately from the Drake Bulldogs with the way their their offense is really clicking. Going the wrong way for the Panthers. Got off to the 8-3 and three start. Had the loss to Evansville, which is just unconscionable, losing that Evansville team. But a lot of young talent. We got to see Cole Henry. And you know, Ken was asking me. I remember seeing Cole a lot in high school at Oskaloosa. Just always really liked his game. And I know he's battled some injuries. Has that been the biggest thing? Because they need size in size. He's six foot nine. He can rebound. He can step out and hit shots. He can do a lot of things offensively. Injuries and maybe defense that's been holding back the playing time for Cole Henry? Well, he's healthy now. He's, in November, December, he was nursing an, an ankle injury. Uh, so he's been kind of up and down. And I've had this discussion, too, with uh, Cole Bear, you know, who covers him out of, uh, for the Gazette. That you know, Henry, this is his fourth year. He's still kind of playing, even though he's listed as a redshirt sophomore. He's been in the program four years. It's time for him to step yeah. up and be more consistent. His issue has been he's been up and down. They're using him in bets at that five spot, which I like because bets can knock in threes. Henry's a great passer. This guy was a 6'9 high school quarterback in a spread offense. He's got great vision, but sometimes he whips that baby. He's got a lot of heat on it. Guys can't catch it. I think when you look at you and I, it's just, you know, they kind of hit that freshman wall. Those guys are playing a lot of mm-hmm. minutes as youngsters. And you think about their high school career, ends, it ends about this time of year. And now they're looking, oh, man, look how many games we've got left, plus the tournament. Uh, Hopefully they can pull themselves out of it, but their their schedule. You look at what the Panthers got coming at them. They're at Missouri State. They're at Southern, who's trying to stay in 
right one game out of first place, and then they end up at home against Belmont. So it's not an easy schedule for the Panthers. Yeah, no doubt about it. Watching Sturts put on that spin move last night that he's known for, boy, that's effective. No doubt about that. Uh, Kevin, let's uh, let's um, let's go to Iowa tonight. Ohio State is in town. It's the Buckeyes and it's the Hawkeyes, and certainly hope the conditions. Uh, you know, clear up a little bit for those folks that were wanted to make their way over from uh, Central Iowa to the game tonight. What do you expect to see? And what have you seen out of this Iowa team as of late? They got to win at Minnesota, which you got to get. It was kind of ugly. And here's the here's the bad thing about the net: if you don't beat a bad team like Minnesota soundly, your net numbers drop. Mm-hmm. And that happened to the to the Hawkeyes. They went from like a thirty four to a thirty nine, even though they won the game, but. Again, this is an Iowa team in Fran McCaffrey's image, low turnovers. They get to the free throw line. They control tempo. Uh, this is a payback game because remember that Ohio State team, took they spread them out, beat them off the bounce. Uh, I look for this Iowa team, and this is, a, this is a Ohio State team that's really struggling right now. But that's fresh. Remember Bryce since the ball had 27 on him. He just mm-hmm. took apart. I think the Hawks will be ready for him this time. This is Ohio State team that's really struggling. And an Iowa team that I think is playing really well right now. Indeed they are. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors our conversations with our friend Kevin Lehman. Uh, Kevin, uh, you were right, by the way. Bradley ESPN did pick up the finale of the uh, of the Missouri Valley Conference, which could be for first place in the one seed once they get to St. Louis. Bradley and uh, Drake will play. I think it's ESPN2. Do you have the game? Yes, I'll have the game. We're uh, talking about Drake at Belmont on the 26th. Should be for all the marbles. I'm going for this Saturday. I'm at Southern Illinois, and they have got Bradley coming in there. So Southern's trying to you know, yep. keep, stay, stay up there with uh, Drake and Bradley. And then this is a pretty tough game for uh, the Bulldogs. they got Belmont coming in after them. They handle them easily yep. in Nashville, but this is a Belmont team. The ability to shoot the three is very, very dangerous. little payback on their minds, no doubt about it. Kevin Lehman, appreciate it, Kevin. We'll talk with you next week. Thank you. All right, guys. My pleasure. Yep, good to talk to you. Kevin Lehman, you had the call last night. TCU and Iowa State back into the Valley for Kevin uh, here coming up in the uh, games ahead. Speaking of the uh, net, he brought up Iowa falling after the road win by 12 points against Minnesota. And just shows you... Because efficiency is a part of this measure. You saw Clemson last night. I was on Florida State. They drilled Florida State. Did they? I didn't see They went by almost 30. Oh, my God. On the road. So Clemson is a team that has been struggling in the net, even though they've been in towards the top, if not at the top of the ACC for much of this season. Clemson was 78 in the net. After that victory against Florida State and winning in that fashion, yes, it's capped at 10 points, but efficiency is not capped in the net metric. They jump from number 78 to 64. This late in the season, jump up 14 spots on one night of basketball. It's better than what we had before, no doubt. Mm -hmm. This is so much better Mm -hmm. than the RPI. It is also predictive-based. And I've heard some arguments that maybe that's not what we should be doing. It should be more resume-based as opposed to predictive-based. You're trying to get the best 68 teams in there or the best 34 at-larges when you get down to it. 
I like this so much better than the RPI. That was about the schedule that you played. This is about what you do. It measures not just wins, but how you win games. I think I think you're 100% right. I do. And you know what? I hear that from a lot of people that are into it like you're into it, too. Yeah. That they, they like this system. They do agree with you that, you know, they're still, it's not perfect by no. any means. And there, there will never it's be better. perfect. I don't think there can be. I don't think there can be. It's 10 minutes to, to noon. If you missed it earlier, the uh, keyword this hour was grand. You're running out of time. We'll have another one coming up here in about a half an hour. We'll come back, finish up our number one. Wade Looking, Bill Moore on Iowa, Ohio State coming up. And then David Kaplan. The Bears have purchased the land at Arlington Park. Uh, What does that mean? We'll talk to Cappy about that and do a little baseball with him uh, when he joins us at 1230. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. uh, Des Moines Sports Station. 106 points come together. It's our number one college game day headed to Carver Hawkeye Arena, February 26th, Iowa, Indiana. Women's game. How about that? Incredible. Well done, Caitlin. You know, you started the show at one point early in the program talking about economic impact. Yeah, right. What has her impact been on the University of Iowa women's basketball program? Well, she's one of the Nike ambassadors of college sports. She has Hy-Vee. She has some big-time NIL but she brings eyeballs to television sets in numbers that have never been seen before. They set a record in the Iowa Indiana game on BTN for women's basketball viewership, and not just set it; they like almost doubled it. I think the previous mark was three hundred fifty thousand, something like that, and it was almost seven hundred thousand for, for that match up there. They put a women's game on Fox for the first time ever. Yeah, Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. Iowa, Michigan, and then they followed it up with Iowa, Nebraska, and they're going to have more as they're getting more involved. They're getting involved in the Caitlin Clark game. She is just absolutely... Have we ever seen anything like no, that for a particular no, sport? She's got me. She's got me. Right. I, I mean, I can't, I can't watch enough of her. Spencer Lee's an incredible talent. Yep. But is he bringing new viewers to wrestling? Mm, probably not. Caitlin Clark is doing it for women's basketball. Watching Center last night, they're the highlights as yeah. they blow, blow She's out Wisconsin She's TV. Every single time uh-huh. out there. And now game day going to Garford. Just the fifth time ever that uh-huh. a women's game will be where the game day is. It's a one o'clock game. So this isn't Billis and Company on Saturday. This is a Sunday edition of it. And this is the women's uh, yeah broadcast. Holly Rowe will be mm-hmm. there. A bunch of other. Uh, Rebecca Lobo. Uh, and the, the anchor that went to Georgia that's a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. Al, uh, Al Duncan. Uh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. 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 That will be Who's the crew. funny as hell, by the way. She's witty. Oh, really? She really is good. <laughs> Very quick. Kudos, though, to that. What an incredible coup for Iowa women's basketball. Not really is. Really is. Uh, Hour number two coming up. Wade Looking Bill will kick it off. Ohio State, Iowa, where Iowa sits as they come down the stretch, as all Big Ten teams do. Sunday night, 530 Northwestern. Boy, that feels like a big spot. Wade Looking Bill will join us to kick off the hour. David Kaplan will catch up with Cap Treads plays of the day. An hour to go on Miller and Condon. It's... Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.